This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their Welcome into the Go Balls 247 podcast, another breaking news edition. I'm not Wes Rucker, but I am Ben McKee, and I am joined by Ryan Callahan. And if you know that Ryan Callahan is on this breaking news edition of the podcast, you know that Tennessee has picked up a commitment. And Ryan, this time it's from a key member of the 2024 in-state class. That's right, and uh, thank goodness you aren't Wes Rucker. Uh, good, good to have you on here, Ben, running the running the the show today. Uh, but yeah, Tennessee with a big in-state pickup, uh, defensive back Marcus Gorey Jr. of Bradley Central High School in Cleveland, Tennessee, has committed to the Vols, and uh, this is one that you know honestly, I I think he's been leaning toward Tennessee for for long enough that this one this one theoretically could have happened as early as the fall, and it wouldn't have surprised uh, a lot of people. I think there was a time, certainly coming off that visit for the uh, for the Tennessee Alabama game back in October, that, that he was really feeling Tennessee around that time, uh, and, and just you know decided to hold off a little longer, see see how things played out in, in his recruitment for a few more months, and uh, as a lot of kids do, but Tennessee has has really been in good shape with him for 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 some time now, and uh, they offered him way back in June of, of last year, and uh, after seeing him at one of their camps, you know really he became a, a a pretty big priority in state from that point forward and has been to Tennessee a handful of times since then. And, and just as, has continued to, to, to really feel like Tennessee is a, is a good fit for him, I think with each, each visit. So uh big pickup here. I know people will instantly look at the the current ratings and see the three stars next to his name and think, ah, oh, nice pickup. I, I think this personally, I think this is a really big pickup for Tennessee. I, I think this is a guy that you could make a pretty strong case for being, one of the top players in the state. And I, I personally don't know that I wouldn't have him at number one on my list. I think he's a really good player. The type of defensive back this state has not produced very many of in, in recent years because he's he's a shade over six feet tall, at least six foot and, and one half inch and uh, and close to 180 pounds now. And at camp last summer, um, they didn't hesitate to offer him because he ran in the 4-4 range, um, high 4-4s, four uh, even, even hand-timed at a camp is uh, is moving and he did that at both Tennessee and Notre Dame running in the 4-4 range so to have that kind of length that kind of height and that that kind of speed that's that's just hard to find and then he backs that up with good play on the field um really both sides of the ball but primarily on defense and and definitely projects as a as a I think a really good uh, defensive back if he continues to develop so this is a, a really nice pickup for Tennessee and certainly a a uh, another good piece to add early in state to go along with uh, with four star defensive back Caleb Beasley. Were there other schools involved, or or was this a case of one of the in state kids just kind of being pegged to Tennessee for for quite some time, and and the writing was was on the wall for for quite some time. 
Yeah, his recruitment has been interesting because you know Bradley Central is a is a very good school that that's that's got they've got several Division One prospects on on their roster right now. Um, they've had some other guys there in recent years. You know, Trey Curry a few years ago uh, was at Bradley Central, uh, so they they've had some some good talent come through there. But for what whatever reason, his his recruitment hasn't hasn't blown up completely the way I thought it might, uh, at least to this point. Uh, and if you're Tennessee, I think that's one of the reasons you're excited to get this one over with earlier, uh, as opposed to having to wait until the summer. This is a guy to me that if he, if he had chosen to wait and, and gone to some camps this summer and camped at some places like Georgia and Alabama, that that's the one situation where it could have gotten a little hairy for Tennessee. Um, so I think you're, you're, if you're Josh Heupel and, and that staff, you're, you're thrilled to get this one over with in the in the winter and not have to to worry about uh, sweating out camp season and things like that uh, before getting a, a commitment from him. But uh, you know he named a top five on Thursday. Uh, it was Michigan, uh, Colorado, Michigan State, um, and, I, and I'm blanking on the fifth team right now. But uh, you know some some other good programs were in there. Um, certainly, I think Michigan and Michigan State were you know at, at least of some interest. But you know could, could he have gone up north? I think that would have been a stretch. Colorado, you know, he went out there at the end of January with some uh, some other guys that he uh, that he plays with, but I I didn't see that as a as a likely fit. Um, so you know, it it looked for a while like Tennessee was uh, the the team to beat there and and was going to be you know the likely destination unless something really changed. Um, but you know, there was there an obvious second. I, I don't I don't know that there was. Um, you know, and he kind of almost gave that away essentially after his visit for Tennessee's uh, first junior day of the year last month. He, he said at the time Tennessee was in his top two. Um, and we asked him uh, after that visit, you know, who, who else would be in that top two with Tennessee. And he, he, he didn't want to say is kind of how he said it, but I think the, the reality is there may not have been an obvious second team in there. Uh, the other team, by the way, in his, in his top five was Nebraska. Um, can't remember if he's been out to the, to Nebraska or not. Some other guys he plays with have, um, but regardless, you know, those places are all pretty far away. I, I think it would have been tougher to see him going there. So at this point, I think it was Tennessee and a pretty, pretty big gap uh, between them and everyone else. But uh, if this recruitment had played on, played out much longer, I think it certainly could have been much more competitive for Tennessee to have to fight off some other big programs. For sure. Position wise, you, you mentioned he's a defensive back, uh, 247. We've got him listed as a safety, but we also have him ranked as an athlete. Do you see him sticking at safety? Do you see him playing corner? Where, where do you think he ends up at, at the next level? Yeah, th- this is the interesting thing about him, I think, because he he's played a lot of safety in high school, but sometimes that can be misleading because um, if, you know, if you're a high school coach, you often want your best defensive back playing safety just because you have more of an opportunity to, to, to impact every play. Uh, whereas if, if a coach throws you at cornerback, all the team has to do is throw the other side of the field uh, and kind of avoid you. So. Um, so he, he has played safety. I think he shows really good instincts there has developed some physicality as he's added weight, especially, um, he's put on a good 30 or 40 pounds throughout his high school career. So he's starting to really fill out and, and look more like a guy who could play safety in college. So, um, you're seeing, a, a or we've heard a variety of, of projections, uh, from college programs so far. You know, I think if I had to lean one way or the other, I would say maybe it's 60-40 safety right now with, with most of the schools that have been recruiting him, uh, maybe even a little bit more safety than that. But Tennessee, interestingly enough, is one of the schools that I think might envision him playing cornerback from what we've heard so far. So I And, and I would trust that evaluation because they, they had him in camp, as we mentioned last summer. 
They've seen him run. They've seen him flip his hips and things like that. That's that's what you're looking for. And, and as as we mentioned, there, you know, he ran in the four four range last summer. Speed wise and length wise, there's no reason he can't play cornerback. I think it might just come down to sort of how his his body develops. Can he continue to to have the fluidity that you want uh, and, and be able to flip his hips the, the way you want a cornerback to be able to do? Um, but he 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 certainly moves well. There's no reason athletically that he can't play cornerback. Um, but I have spoken with some people who who know defensive backs um, pretty well and, and think he might be a, a more natural fit at safety. Tennessee obviously not convinced of that just yet, at least. So that that's maybe still an open question. But I think Tennessee is recruiting him with at least the idea that hey, he could play cornerback, has the speed, has the length, and uh, and, and you're always looking for corners that are that are over six feet tall these days. So I think they're going to certainly give him his first look there, or at least that's the plan right now. And you can always move him back to safety if you need to. But if he can play corner with that kind of speed and that kind of length, um, this could end up being an even more important pickup, like we were talking about before. Not just in terms of ability, but um, just because six foot corners are so hard to find, especially with that kind of speed. Well, and Tennessee needs defensive backs. I mean, I there, there's, there's no beating around the bush there. And I, I realize that he's a 2024 kid, and Tennessee just did bring in, uh, I believe it was six defensive backs in the 2023 class, and. Uh, seemed pretty split down the middle in in terms of uh, three or so corners and, and and three or so safeties, maybe maybe four corners to two safeties. But uh, a lot of they, defensive backs were, were brought in, but they need to continue to bring in more defensive backs, especially with how college football is trending and and how pass happy teams are. And you have to like the start to this class, Ryan. Obviously, two in state kids and Caleb Beasley and, and Marcus Gorey, which you mentioned earlier. But the fact that they're both defensive backs and and are really talented prospects, uh, that has to have not only Tennessee's coaches excited, but that should also excite uh, Tennessee fans because of how sore of a topic Tennessee's defensive backs were at times this past season. Yeah, and, and they, they did end up with only five defensive backs in, in the 2023 class because they lost, uh, of course, Sylvester Smith close to signing day. So that, to your point, I think even more of a need to keep adding there because you didn't get that sixth DB. Uh, that wasn't a, a a huge setback for that class. I think they're happy with what they got, um, but you do need to keep stacking numbers there. Uh, now that being said, I think they they the cupboard is pretty full right now at cornerback, and they'll probably have some guys leave after spring. But you're going to have that turnover constantly. You know, guys aren't going to sit around and wait for their turn uh, to play too long. So you're going to have to keep bringing in guys and keep getting better. You know, that's the big thing is keep upgrading the talent level there. Keep bringing in more guys who can run and. Uh, and, and that have the kind of length you want to play in the secondary and, and especially the safety position. You know, if Gorey was to end up at safety, um, that's that's a position I think Tennessee definitely needs to continue to get more athletic and cornerbacks the same way, too. Um, so that so Gorey, I think, can help in that regard at, at either position. Um, so it's a big deal to be getting guys like that and to and to take advantage of what's available in state. You know, this is a this is a big deal because you're getting an, another guy in state who's a no brainer talent-wise, as an early commitment. You know, Caleb Beasley, a no-brainer. To, to get guys like that off the board this early in the process, and, and not everybody's going to commit October of their junior year the way Caleb Beasley did. Um, so to to get a couple guys like that early, sort of building off the momentum that you had with those guys last year and during the season especially, and, and build off the momentum of what they did on the field last season, uh, to take advantage of, of what is probably this in-state class's greatest strength, which is um, players in the secondary um, that, that's that's a big deal you know this state has produced some pretty good defensive backs in in 
in the past from, from Jalen Ramsey to, uh, to some of the guys on the roster right now. Um, but you, you know, you've, you've got to take advantage of these, these strong position groups uh, in an in-state class when, when you have that opportunity. So there, honestly, there's a chance for Tennessee to sign most, if not all of their secondary class in state in the 2024 class, if they want to do that, um, because you've already got Beasley and Marcus Corey committed, obviously. Um, they're still after Kamaro Brown in very good shape with him, the cornerback from Memphis, uh, who really is kind of an athlete himself, but I think projects best at cornerback and, and is a really good athlete, really long and, and twitchy that uh, I think a lot of people just don't know a lot about because of where he's played and uh, sort of the, the way you can fly under the radar sometimes at, at a Memphis public school, especially. Um, but the, you know that, that's another one that Tennessee's in good shape with. And then obviously you've got Boo Carter uh, down in Chattanooga, not too far from Gorey. Uh, that plays at Brainerd High School in Chattanooga that um, that Tennessee's been in pretty good shape with for a while, too. So uh, Carter could project to either side of the ball, but Tennessee seems to have been recruiting him as a defensive back more so to this point. Some other teams see him as a running back. But if you get those four guys, that's that's almost your secondary class right there. They're already halfway to that right now. So we'll, we'll see if they continue down that down that road with those two guys. But there's really a chance for Tennessee to do most of their work in the secondary within the state's borders. And that's uh that, that's a nice luxury when you can do that. Well, and to that point, I, I mentioned that Tennessee fans have to be happy about the rate in which they are picking up defensive backs, but I, I think they also have to be really pleased with the fact that they're they're keeping the the in-state talent that they want, they're keeping them in state. They they are getting those guys to to come to Tennessee. Uh, off the top of my head, uh, I, I can't really think of an in-state player that they've just struck out on. Maybe, maybe there was one in that class that they tried to throw together when, when Heupel uh, first got here, but I don't recall one uh, last cycle, and it seems like they're off to a, a really good start in the 2024 class with in-state players uh, as well, and, and you just detailed that they're in really great position with, with the other in-state targets that they want in this class that that's something else that should really excite Tennessee fans in my opinion because when Tennessee football has been at its best it's recruited the Carolinas well and Georgia and has gotten a player here or there from Alabama and, and Mississippi the the bordering states but also on top of that when when it has had the the Caleb Herrings and and the big time in-state prospects the Arian Carters, they've kept them in the state on top of recruiting the the bordering states really well. So there, there's a, a lot of optimism for the future of, of Tennessee football just based off of several different nuances to how they're recruiting right now. Absolutely. And and I and I've said since, you know, kind of since the the start of the NIL era that, that I think NIL is only going to uh strengthen Tennessee's case with a lot of these in-state players because for for a lot of them, where will they have more opportunities to maximize their their NIL um, offers and, and and opportunities than at Tennessee because you're going to have a lot of value as an in-state player going to Tennessee, obviously, and that that appeals to a lot of guys. So uh, and and obviously the program's upswing a, a big deal too that a lot of these guys are now seeing Tennessee have some success and I think that's one of the things that's been you know clearly a challenge for them in, in in-state recruiting at times is when you're going head to head with the Alabamas and Ohio States and some of those programs that, that have been competing for national championships, it is hard sometimes for these guys who don't have any any deeply rooted affinity uh, for, for Tennessee aside from being from the state. So now you've got 
um, less motivation for those guys to to want to leave the state um, because they can go to Tennessee and compete for championships. So I think that's a big deal too. So yeah, you're. I, I think you're onto something there. You know, Josh Heupel and his staff. I don't know if they've gotten quite enough credit for for the job they've done in state. Uh, I think they quietly uh, is maybe the way I would say it did a good, very good job in state in the 2023 class because the numbers were not excessively large. They didn't sign 10 or 12 in-state guys, but they pretty much got the ones they wanted with, with maybe a couple of exceptions. They obviously had, had Bryson Sanders, the four-star offensive lineman that chose Ole Miss over Tennessee, but that was one that I don't know that that was a devastating loss for Tennessee. They still ended up with a pretty good offensive line class, and that's one where uh, you know he, he, wasn't a, he didn't project as a true tackle probably. So you know may, maybe somewhat of an interchangeable part with some of the other guys that they ended up getting on the offensive line. So that, that wasn't the end of the world. Uh, and then there were guys like Shamar Porter uh, that ended up at Kentucky, who I think was an intriguing talent, but it just never really got off the ground for Tennessee to the point that I would consider that a, a big miss. So yeah, very little in the 2023 class that Tennessee didn't get uh, in state that they would have wanted. Uh, and otherwise they, they pretty much cleaned up, you know, Demetrius Bell was another guy they pursued, but you know, academic concerns and, and other factors there, he ends up at Nebraska. Um, so yeah, just a few guys that maybe if things had gone differently could have ended up at Tennessee, but not really anyone you'd say was a big swing and a miss. And in the 2020 class, you know, that obviously wasn't the case. But this staff had just gotten here. Um, I think it's worth noting that every time this staff goes on the road, and especially Josh Heupel, they they they've kind of backed up. You know, it's not just lip service that they're placing a priority on in-state recruiting. Every time they go out, the first thing they do is hit in-state stops. Um, Josh Heupel goes out, and when he goes to games on Friday nights, it's almost always in the state of Tennessee, or at least, at least he starts there and maybe finishes his day out of state somewhere. Um, so it's a, it's a big deal. The staff's placed a, a lot of emphasis on it, and. I think we're seeing the results. They're getting the guys they want, as you said, in Tennessee, not necessarily having to sign a dozen guys from this state to get it done either. They're being able to kind of pick and choose and just get the ones that they think can really help them. No doubt about it. Tennessee picks up a commitment from Marcus Gorey Jr. from down in the Chattanooga area, technically in Cleveland, Tennessee, uh, which has been kind to Tennessee at times. And hopefully for Tennessee's sake, it'll be kind to them once again, once Marcus Gorey reaches campus, Tennessee now has four commitments in the class of 2024. Three of the four are from the state of Tennessee. Talked about Caleb Beasley. Uh, you, also, you also have Carson Gentle, who's down in Macaulay, also in the Chattanooga area, uh, and Jonathan Eccles, who is at IMG, the, the athlete who probably projects as a tight end. Uh, a, we'll see if Tennessee can hang on to him uh, throughout what will be a, a long recruiting process. And we'll also see if he sticks at tight end, but do have a couple of other things we want to pepper Mr. Ryan Callahan with. We want to take a look at the rest of the board at the moment. January was a big month with a couple of junior days and uh, it's kind of been a, a quiet period here the last couple of weeks, relatively speaking, but it'll certainly pick up here in the next couple of weeks with spring practice getting underway. But before we begin to look ahead and see what's next with Tennessee football recruiting, we do need to take a break. So we will be back in just a moment here on the Go Vols 247 podcast. Money! Selling a little or a lot. 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast introducing the two-way v4 where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance with fuel cell each step feels explosive delivering unparalleled energy return paired with fresh foam experience maximum comfort throughout the game it's lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition the two-way v4 gives you the tools to play at a high level learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com Welcome back to the Go Vols 247 podcast, a breaking news edition because Tennessee has picked up its fourth commitment in the class of 2024. Marcus Gorey Jr. from down in Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, Ryan has detailed his importance and the fact that maybe you don't need to look at the recruiting ranking and maybe that he is better than what that would indicate. Uh, Tennessee signed off on him, and I think that should make Tennessee fans feel better than maybe what a star ranking signifies but uh, nonetheless we would we would like to ask you if you could take a quick moment out of your day to go like rate and review the podcast that would certainly help us and help us spread the word on the good on the good news that ryan callahan brings to the pod all all the recruiting nuggets that that he likes to drop here on the podcast It, it can it can help others other tennessee fans find those nuggets so we'd appreciate it if you would go like rate and review the podcast for us ryan looking ahead to the Rest of the 2024 class, I guess it's kind of hard to completely say look ahead because it is only February. Um, but to be more specific, when when you look ahead to to March and April, when recruiting really starts to pick up nowadays, because so many classes are are built during the summertime and, and the majority of recruiting classes these days are, are finished um, prior to the season beginning in, in September. When you look at what Tennessee was able to do during its junior days in the month of January, and you look at kind of the next steps with a couple of those defensive prospects in the 2024 class. And we're going to talk defense because Tennessee just picked up a defensive commitment. Three of their four commitments are on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, sticking with the defensive theme, what are some storylines that that you're watching with, with some of Tennessee's top targets these next couple of weeks? Yeah, this, this is a, 
you know, February is quiet, as you said. It, it is a, the entire month of February, and it's been this way for a couple of years, is a dead period for recruiting. So um, it used to be that you would get past National Signing Day, coaches would take a weekend off, and then that very next Saturday is a big junior day. Uh, and you go right back into it with the next class. Now that's shifted to the month of January because teams are signing their classes in December. So you, you have a couple junior days in, in January now most of the time. That's what Tennessee did this year. And then you're, you're entirely dead for the month of February. Can't go out on the road. Nobody's visiting your campus. Still handing out offers, you know, setting, resetting the board a little bit after going out on the road in January um, and still making sure you're, you're at a good spot and, and, and offering the guys that you need to this early and, and seeing who you need to get on campus. And then, like you said, the, these, these visits coming up in March and April are really important. Uh, the, these kind of let you know a lot of times who might be realistic for you and who's not. You know, if a guy hasn't been to your campus by the end of April, a lot of times it can be hard. Uh, that doesn't mean that you don't have guys who end up in your class uh, because you do every year uh, who don't visit before then. But you you want to get those early visits to, to, to sort of build a relationship and establish yourself as a front runner uh, in that player's recruitment going into the summer because it is so pivotal to to be in that position going into the summer, as you said, with guys uh, increasingly making summer decisions uh, just for so many players. So uh, I, I think the big thing to watch, you know, we, we kind of touched on a couple of those names, but, you know, in state, I think Tennessee's still looking to, to add a few more of those guys to the class uh, by the summer uh, for sure. But they would like to get, I think more of those, uh, you know, the, more of those players in the boat by, by the end of the spring, if possible, uh, a couple in particular, I think Tennessee has been in good shape with for a while. Ed, Edwin Spillman, uh, the the four star linebacker, obviously younger brother of Tennessee wide receiver signing Nate Spillman. Uh, that that's one that Tennessee I think has been in good shape with for a while um, in that recruitment. But Ohio State has hung around in there, has at least kept that one uh, a, a little bit open, and, and so he's he's kind of focusing on those two schools. I think going into the month of March, wants to visit up both schools at least one more time, from what he's said. Um, so we'll see how long he plays things out. But I think that's one that. Tennessee maybe could get done in the spring. Uh, Kamaro Brown, the cornerback from Memphis, I think that's another one that Tennessee would like to uh, to, to be able to, to land him in the in the next couple of months, if possible. And I think coming off his junior day visit back in in January, they're in good good shape with him and have a chance to to maybe get him before the summer if things continue down this path. So I think especially start with that. You know, can can they continue to build on this in-state momentum, as you said, with three in-state commitments and, and definitely, you know. While the, the the defensive backs, obviously the headliners of this class right now, um, definitely worth pointing out Carson Jindal as, as a, an overlooked, but a, I think nice early pickup uh, for Tennessee in this class, also out of Chattanooga uh, at Macaulay School, um, where, you know, as you said, Boo Carter also in Chattanooga in this class. Tennessee's offered Max LeBlanc, the tight end at, at Baylor School. Um, they, they've got um, Marcus Gorey now out of the Chattanooga area down in Cleveland. So that's an area where Tennessee is doing a, a, a lot of good work, I think, in this class. But certainly Carson General, a big part of that. But yeah, the, the you know Gorey uh, now now committed. You, you kind of shift your attention to Spillman, Kamaro Brown. Can they maybe get Boo Carter to 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 go ahead and, and wrap things up before the summer? That one might be a little bit harder. That one might play out until the summer. We'll have to wait and see about that. But I think those are kind of the next three that you look at. Uh, along with maybe Ronan O'Connell, the offensive lineman at, at Page High School in Franklin. And can Tennessee continue to build on this in-state momentum? Because that's often where your, in your early commitments will come from. And then obviously the rest of March and April, it's about 
who else can you get back on campus to kind of establish yourself as a big front runner going into the summer months when a lot of those guys will make their decisions. Last thing before we get out of here, what's a, a name or two uh, from somebody outside of the state of Tennessee that uh, you're keeping an eye on at the moment and, and tracking to, to see if maybe they make it back in for a, a spring practice or uh, try to make it back for Tennessee spring game or something along those lines? Yeah, so the, the, the funny thing about that, we're, we're obviously uh, reporting those on a, on a kind of a daily basis, already hearing about some of those guys who have scheduled or in the process of scheduling uh, visits for for March and April, and and some of those already on the books. Um, so so we'll we'll you know I think some of the obviously people w- want to know about the five stars and the other big names on the board. You know, will will Williams Winery, uh, the 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 five star defensive lineman from the uh, the Kansas City area, will he make it back to Tennessee after his January visit for a junior day? You know, players like that. That's what everyone will be focused on. You know, Sammy Brown, the five star linebacker from Georgia. That that's going to be a tough tough pull for Tennessee, but can they get him to visit again this spring? You know, that, that's again, where we'll learn a lot more about who's realistic and, and who's not. Uh, but certainly I think we're, we're starting to get a better feel for who Tennessee's got a good shot at. But I think on the defensive side of the ball, especially this, th- this next couple months will give us a, a better idea for that. Um, but, you know, K- Kamarion Franklin, the defense five-star defense flyman from Mississippi, they got him to visit in January. Does he visit again this spring? I think either way they'll be in it for him for a while, but you know I mentioned Williams Winery. Um, you know a lot of defensive line targets. I think we've still kind of got to f- get a feel for how serious of a contender Tennessee is with them. Does Bryce Young, uh, the four star from Charlotte, North Carolina, make it back in sometime this spring? And, and uh, you know linebacker, we'll see who else is realistic beyond Edwin Spillman. That's a position I think we're still kind of uh, feeling out a little bit. Uh, and then a couple of def- other defensive backs outside the state worth watching. I think uh, teammates at St. Francis Academy up in Baltimore, Ifi Obadegwu, the, the four-star cornerback, and then safety Edries Farouk. Um, those guys both made it in in January for, for Tennessee's first junior day. Those guys are both very high on Tennessee. And, and I think there's at least a chance for Tennessee to land maybe one or both of those guys, but the competition has continued to heat up for them. So can they hang around with those guys? Can they get them back on campus this spring? Uh, on the defensive side, those certainly are, are priorities. On the offensive side, I'm watching the offensive line and the running backs in particular. I think those two position groups, uh, a lot to be determined. I think we know at quarterback, Jake Merklinger, it sounds like, a, will, who's probably the most realistic top target, will probably be back in town at, at some point this spring. You know, Ryan Wingo and some other big-time receivers, I think they're in on a lot of guys at that position, so they'll, they'll, they should be okay. But at running back and offensive line, I think those two positions will get a much better feel by the end of April for sort of where Tennessee stands with some top targets there. Guys like Ethan Callaway, Kevin Haywood on the offensive line. Um, you know, I mentioned Rowan O'Connell and, and Jesse Perry, another one in state they're in good shape with. You know, but we'll get a better feel for that offensive line board and who's realistic and who's not this spring. And then certainly at running back where they're in good shape with a lot of guys. But you know, are they a leader or just one of a handful of contenders for them? I think this spring will kind of sort that out. So certainly a lot to keep track of in the next couple months. If you're a big recruiting fan, you know, it seems early, I know, but March and March and April are kind of big months uh, that kind of give you a much better idea of what's possible for a recruiting class. So certainly should be uh, an interesting couple months to see who makes it back to Knoxville and who doesn't. And if you want to keep track of who is in and out of Knoxville, certainly be sure to follow Ryan Callahan on Twitter. And also he'll have plenty of updates over at GoVols247.com, as he always does. Tennessee picks up its fourth commitment in the class of 2024. 
Marcus Gorey Jr., a defensive back from Cleveland, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee getting back in into the into the mix on the recruiting trail. I feel like Josh Heupel's really uh, exceeded expectations on the trail to this point in his tenure, and uh, with the success uh, of last season's team, uh, you've already seen the the benefits and, and uh, the the fruits of their labor paying off because it, it's just one extremely talented prospect after another finding interest in Tennessee and and making their way up to Knoxville. So again, uh, if you want to keep up with Ryan's recruiting coverage and encourage you to follow him on Twitter and he'll certainly have plenty of updates on the board. Ryan, appreciate you, my friend. Absolutely. Thank you, Ben. There's that button. And now I can say thank you for listening to this edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. We always say that, but we always mean it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. You can find all of us on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ben McKee is Ben McKee 14 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. And Patrick Brown is P Brown 24-7 on Twitter. And if you just want Tennessee news on Twitter, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals247. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals247, where we update that throughout the day, all day, every day, mostly with Tennessee news, uh, but also with news that we think Falls fans will find interesting. Uh, But if you want that best, most delicious East Tennessee Smoky Mountain spring water directly from the source, go get that at GoVols247.com, the best site on all of Al Gore's internets for coverage of Tennessee football, football recruiting, basketball, basketball recruiting, Tennessee baseball. Nobody, and I mean nobody, covers Tennessee baseball the way that we do. Also, no one covers the Lady Vols that we do. The award-winning Maria Cornelius does an excellent job covering all things Lady Vols for us all season long. You can get all of that at GoVols247.com. You've also got access there to two forums that run around the clock, got the checkerboard and the summit, where you can go 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and discuss anything you want that is not political or religious in nature with us, with thousands of Tennessee fans across the world, and with us who are on the staff. Uh, and, and no one has a more uh, active board with the, the staff members than us. We are proud to be there all the time answering any question that you've got, and you get all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That is all that it costs, and that's after a quick free trial. And once you pay us that reasonable rate, which is, again, less than one mediocre lunch per month, you get access in perpetuity to Paramount Plus, uh, which is an excellent growing behemoth of a streaming arm there with us here at CBS, Paramount, Viacom, etc. You get every show CBS has ever made commercial free. You get new movies. You get classic movies that rotate in every single month. Uh, you also get just tons of original content, tons of great original Paramount Plus content. And you also uh, get access to the vaults of uh, Nickelodeon, uh, Smithsonian, uh, MTV, BET, Comedy Central, something for the entire family. All of that, all of that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. That That is so much stuff. So much stuff. That's a bunch of stuff. Less than one lunch a month. That's all that it costs. So go to GoVols247.com and do that. Take advantage of that. Tell your friends to go do that. Again, thank you for listening. You can always go subscribe to us on every content uh, item, everywhere you can get a podcast. You can get this podcast. So please go do that. Thank you for listening again. And uh, be kind to each other, guys. Just try to be kind to each other. There's just not nearly enough people in this world being kind to each other and having basic human empathy and dignity. Let's be better to each other. Let's be good. See you guys.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.